Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Dan, welcome aboard to the Wednesday edition. It's hump day. Hump day is uh, going as well as it can be. Yeah, tuning in. Appreciate it very much. Educate, inform, entertain. Let's do all of that. We are five days a week. Truth over tribalism. Friends. Time we can in the fall. Well, uh, say hello before we go any further, Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. You know, I, I love these nice weather days, but you know how much it drives me nuts knowing it's November, we have these beautiful temperatures outside, and I'm working all day inside. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> so. That's... I don't really get to enjoy it. And then, you know, by the time I am getting outside, come in here, and especially after the show's over. It's a lot cooler outside a lot of times. Imagine that. And the sun's down. It's, it's gone. Yeah. I was at the uh, country club today for a meeting, uh, a luncheon, and uh, uh, everybody was out on the golf links, let me tell you that. So anyway, well, it's my delight to welcome back to the show our uh, official political consultant for the Dan Parsons Show, Mr. Ryan Horn. Ryan, welcome back. What's happening, Dan? Well, sounds like I know you're on the road today. Uh, where in the world I know, are I, you? I'm, I'm not just a theoretical political consultant. Uh, I work for a living. I'm in Austin, <laughs> Texas today. Ooh, Austin. Well, say hello to two of my kids. So they're hanging out doing something amazing in yeah, Austin. Beautiful, beautiful city. Beautiful yes, city. it is. Yeah, I'll be down there. Well, I'll be down there a week from today. So there you go. Um, so yeah, save uh, save some tacos and beer for me. Don't don't consume them all. So I'm more of a brisket guy when I'm down here. To be honest, it's it's uh, it's really a special place for that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's it's very cool. Well, listen, Ryan. I appreciate you taking time on the road to 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 call in. I appreciate it very much. I know our listeners do as well. But uh, uh, let's uh, let's dissect uh, uh, politics. And uh, just a week ago, week ago yesterday, we uh, had an election here in the country, and just wanted to get your take on that, and maybe talk a little bit more about uh, uh, presidential politics and whatever you want to talk about, my friend. So. Uh, the show is yours. I'll turn you loose. Yeah, you know, we did have elections, but we didn't have elections everywhere, right? And so, uh, you know, those odd-year elections only happen in certain places. And so a lot of people, I bet a lot of people are not aware that we did see some pretty strong trends. Um, and they were they were pretty good news for the Democratic Party, unfortunately, uh, for, for my side. And I think a lot of KLN uh, KLIN listeners might might be on the same side as, as I am on the Republican side. It was a really, really tough night for us around the country. Uh, Midwest, East Coast, West Coast, um, you know, the, the, the elections are here and there, and they're in smaller races, and uh, so they don't get big headlines. But uh, when you add them all up, it was it, it was a little bit of a national mood uh, in favor of the Democrats. And so what's your takeaway from that, Ryan? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think there's a couple things going on. Um, you know, one, I think, I think voters, you know, go, going into a month out of the election, what was in the news, right? That people were, that, that regular kind of not super, you know, um, not super dialed in voters are so, suddenly starting to pay attention, and they're seeing the, all these shenanigans going on in the house. 
right, where the House representatives shut down for a month because Republicans can't right. take their team captain. Yes. Right. Um, and, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, the, the moderate swing voters that that make that make the majority uh, and determine who runs things, they want things to run. They're, they're not into these esoteric arguments mm-hmm. that, that happen at the fringes. And so they just look at it and go, there's been no Speaker of the House for, like, I don't really know what the Speaker of the House does, but I know we're supposed to have one, <laughs> and we haven't had one for a month, and I don't understand why. It doesn't look like these people know what they're doing. Yep. I think that hurt the Republican brand a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and then in, in a lot of states here, we're, we're, we're having the first, um, the first ballot test of abortion in the post-op world. And yes. There was a lot more media coverage of that, and, and I think that did um, – I think that really turned out a lot of Democrats, a lot of younger Democrats um, who normally wouldn't turn out in these weird small races and off years. Um, And they turned out. And uh, the candidates that were seen on the Republican side as being, um, you know, maybe sympathetic to or in favor of an abortion ban and the brand suffering for being weird and esoteric. the party's candidates really got punished across the country. So what's your take? So, and I get that in an often election year and and in some of those uh, specific states that had that on the ballot, Ohio in particular. Uh, yeah, Ohio passed uh, uh, the abortion uh, bill. Uh, it put it into their constitutional right to abortion. And they also passed uh, a met, uh, legalized marijuana in Ohio. So, and Ohio is not exactly yeah. a liberal state, and so no, it's not. It's not a liberal a, a liberal state at all. Um, but Dobbs has changed things. You know, it, it the Dobbs decision changed how even people who consider themselves pro life think about this issue. Yeah, you know, but before Dobbs, um, you know, to to have been a woman um, who lived part of her adult life. Before Roe versus Wade, you had to be basically you had to be seventy years old. Yeah, it's fifty right? years of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fifty years of that, and so you have a couple of generations of women that, you know, this argument about abortion was largely theoretical, philosophical, and now it's real, um, and that has changed people's calculus. So you you watch focus groups and you hear voters say things like, "I'm pro-life." But at a certain point, you know, these early stages of pregnancies, you know, it has to be a woman's choice. Well, you and know, how do you how do you square those two things? How do you square I'm pro-life, but it has to be a woman's choice? And, mm-hmm. and the answer is, I think that voters don't think about these things the way activists think about these yes, things. Yes, true. They're just thinking about their lived experience. Do I want there to be fewer abortions? Yes. Do I want the government to ban it and, and you know, prosecute doctors? No. Yeah, no, that's pretty clear. And, that's pretty clear yeah, by now. And that, that's really becoming pretty clear. That's, that's the new, uh, I think that, that's, that, that's the new consensus that's forming in America. Well, and uh, since you're out of state, uh, you may not have seen, I, knew you, I know you probably knew this was coming, but it was announced today that uh, the language for the Nebraska abortion uh, rights petition language uh, was unveiled. And... Uh, uh, I seen that yet. Yeah, and so they want to do a, a CA, uh, constitutional amendment, and uh, uh, push for viability language. And uh, 
So anyway, that'll be interesting. Uh, Ryan, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you. Uh, I know you're on a I know you're on a deadline to get to an event. Can you uh, stay on after the break, or do we need to let cut you loose here in about a minute? You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And on behalf of Johnny behind the board, her apologies. We, we still got some ghosts in the system. Uh, things, you know, we got some equipment in the studio. We're still working bugs out. So, anyway, some, some odd sounds over there. So, anyway, right. Anyway, uh, let me tell you what's coming up uh, after the news break at 536. We'll get an update from our friends at Lincoln Airport. John Wilson, chair of the Uh, after the news break at the bottom of the hour. But we're back with Mr. Ryan Horn, uh, GOP political consultant on the road today in Austin, Texas. You got some clients down there in Austin, uh, Ryan? Yeah, but I only keep the Texas clients so I can so I can write off the expense to come down here and eat brisket. Well, that's, that's exactly what I need to do. As I mentioned, I got... I got uh, family in San Antonio and Corpus Christi, and two of my kids oh, are yeah. in Austin. So that's exactly what I need to do. I need uh, to find. Mesquite smoke is special. It's good stuff. Oh man, yeah. Say, perfect thing to say while we're in the studio with our Herbster Angus Farms pens. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Ryan, we were talking about the uh, election last uh, last week uh, nationally, and and the uh, implications of. Of mm-hmm. you know going forward, uh, I wanted to I wanted to chat a little bit with you about uh, polling and uh, specifically yeah. about the presidential poll, uh, the presidential race. And boy, uh, some not very good news for the Biden, uh, for Joe Biden, uh, the last uh, week or so. I mean, the polling has tightened. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's an interesting race. I, I you know it's a lot. A, it's interesting. Yeah, you know I. I, I look at I look at that, and, and if, if I were the Biden people, here, here's what I'd be worried about: is not so much the polling, you know, a year out, because right now those polls are about Joe Biden, right? Right, that's it's the incumbent. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they are about Joe Biden, and any good a good national political operation should be able to make an election Donald Trump is in about Donald Trump, yeah. because Donald Trump will insist on it. Right. Right. And he's getting kookier than ever. Donald Trump is. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it, the polling wouldn't bother me too much if I were them. What bothers me is, you know, if you see Joe Biden's reaction to it. Yes. Right. Yes. So you see that on that that, uh, you know, on the White House lawn. Yes. Somebody asked him about that. And he's like, listen, Jack, there's eight polls and only two of them showed me down and I'll give you the polls. You know, and then like that afternoon, another Bloomberg poll, a Bloomberg poll comes out, basically shows the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it, it, it wouldn't bother me where they are. What bothers me is, is this guy smells like a loser to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, having worked with a lot of a lot of politicians, and hey, like I get paid for you to yell the stupid hey Jack at me. Pardon yeah. Me. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you yell that stuff at me. You don't yell that at American voters, yeah. Yeah. Um, right? So um, you know, he's 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 got it backwards in his head. Um, he's got that candidatitis where 
they think if only these dumb voters just knew how good I've been to them. Yeah. Well, and that's what it feels like to me. And that is trouble because because you can't correct that, you know, and uh, there's the old old dogs don't learn new tricks kind of thing. And that, that that's what would worry me if I were the Democrats and the Biden people. On the other hand, what you see that we happened last week is that is that that American voters do not like the direction this Republican Party is going. Oh, they are goodness. ready. Yeah. They are ready to vote for Democrats, but boy, they don't like this guy. Well, and at the top, the top of the ticket. I was just looking at the morning consult uh, poll uh, from yesterday, and they've got Biden at forty-two, Trump at forty-three. Uh, others at 11 and undecided 5%. I mean, you know, so at least 11% of the voters in this poll don't want either candidate. And I think that's the mood of most of. Uh, and that's um, why I say, that's why I say right now, those polls are about Joe Biden. Yeah. Right. Because Donald, Donald Trump is kind of sitting down there in Florida or in court um, <laughs> and on true social. And he's just keep, he's talking to his base on true social. Yep. Um, he's not coming out and popping his head up right now to regular voters. So, so regular voters right now, what they're seeing, they're seeing a lot more of Joe Biden, and they don't know the way us political junkies know. They don't know that Donald Trump's likely to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. They don't know that nobody's effectively it's running true. against Joe Biden. It's true. They, they don't know these things. They're like, they, they get a call from a pollster, and they're thinking, well, yeah, I want to register my disapproval. Of, of Joe Biden. That's what well, I think that's what's happening. Well, here's here's my, as you know, I, I dabble in this uh, in this witchcraft as well of politics, but uh, not mm-hmm. as deep as you do. But, you, you know, when are they going to take the gloves off and start talking about uh, Trump and all of, you know, the 94 uh, felony uh, uh, ac- accusations and, and just yeah, the crazy you know. stuff that he's saying? I mean, he was quoting yeah. Hitler, and I mean, it's just yeah, he quoted crazy. Hitler the other day. He yeah. said the Democrats were communists and vermin. Yeah, you know, from your lips to God's ears, if you're if you're if you're rooting for the Democrats, um, you know, tactically, that's, I I just don't think they have a very strong communications team, and, yeah. I, and yeah. I think they don't. I, I think they don't trust their candidate um, for obvious reasons because if you, if you send him out there to try to talk about, you know, the latest Donald Trump you know, quote or something, he'll end up doing the, hey, Jack, I'll show you the real poll <laughs> thing, right? So, um, so he's not I taking... I think they don't trust him. Yeah. And why, they, why they don't have more surrogates talking on his behalf yes. all the time, Yes. I don't I, I don't know why they don't do that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, why, why don't they have Gavin Newsom, the governor of yeah. California, going on Sean Hannity and talking to Republican voters? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, Ryan... I don't know. We are out of time, my friend. Ryan Horn, GOP political consultant, all the way from Austin, Texas. Thanks, my friend. Thank you, Dan. Okay, folks, we'll be right back after the news on 1499.3 KLIN. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back, boys and girls. We're delighted that you stuck around. We've got a fun second half of the show here for you. But uh, let me thank Mr. Ryan Moore, our official, official political consultant to the Dan Parsons Show, all the way from Austin, Texas. So thanks to Ryan for checking in. Uh, and I'll remind you to follow us on X, Twitter, Facebook accounts, Snapchat, and the scenes. 
conversation after hours, if that's okay with you. We only get you an hour a day. Um, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show, another jam-packed show. It's, of course, Thursday, so it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Uh, and Mr. Jason Ball, it's his turn at the bat, up at the plate. And, of course, Jason's president of your Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. And we're going to be talking about uh, its startup week uh, here in Lincoln. And so uh, Jason's bringing along a couple of special guests, uh, Mr. Heath Stukenholz and Christy Stukenholz uh, from Senior Care Finder. And in the second half of the show, Mr. L.G. Searcy, uh, Union Bank and Trust, is going to be joining us, uh, uh, chair of the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. So anyway, tune in for that. Uh, we'll have fun on a Thursday, so don't miss that. Well, it's my delight to welcome into the studio uh, a couple folks. Uh, we thought it was time to do an update on the Lincoln Airport, so welcome John Olson, chair of the Lincoln Airport Authority, and Mr. Dave Herring, executive director of, of the Lincoln Airport. Gentlemen, welcome. Great yeah. to be here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. We... Uh, that a little closer to you, John. That's right. Uh, so yeah, John, you uh, former president of the Lincoln or uh, chair of the Lincoln Chair uh, Chamber of Commerce. Well, I still am for about another month and a week. So, oh, I beg yeah. your pardon. You thought I was getting rid of you? Well, maybe they want to, but <laughs> by rule, you got me until the end of the year. I think. So LG is uh, is incoming coming chair. Up. Incoming chair. Yes, well, sir. I will yes. adjust my notes. So, Quite all right. Uh, I, I I wondered when that transition happened because I knew you were the. I think the chamber's in better hands with him anyway. No, so. stop that. <laughs> stop that. Well, uh, I do appreciate uh, you guys coming in and talking about it. And I should uh, mention that I'm familiar uh, with the Lincoln Airport because uh, Parsons Public Relations uh, has done some uh, consulting <clears throat> for the airport. So we appreciate uh, you guys checking in and, and giving us a little update. So, John, I'll just turn it over to you. Obviously, we've been in the news uh, for the last several months about uh, the failed Redway airline. But just give sure. our listeners yeah. a little update. I know you've done that. From time to time. From time to time, yeah. What What's going on with Redway? What's going on with the audit? What's the status of the refunds? All good questions. So backing up to August, when Redway announced the cessation of air service, the Lincoln Airport Authority commissioned an independent audit to come in and basically look at the Redway operation and make sure it was in compliance with the terms of the contract that we have with them. So that work began in September and ran for about two months. We did get the final audit about three weeks ago. And the scope of their work is really pretty simple. They looked at um, the math. They wanted to make sure the math and the spreadsheets were all proper, that numbers came across. They wanted to make sure that they billed properly for the flight hours, and they wanted to make sure that the fuel charges were appropriate. So they did that. It was a very detailed analysis. and. Um, I think it was the Tuesday before our October board meeting, we got that audit. Okay. And what they found, essentially, when you put it all together, that maybe they um, uh, overbilled a little bit on hours, maybe they overbilled a little bit on fuel, but they underbilled quite a bit on basically math, okay, okay. So bringing numbers over from a spreadsheet. At the end of the day, they essentially underbilled us about $200,000. Okay. Okay. So that gave us the information we needed we needed to know could we certify their invoice to us because it was now substantiated in our mind mm -hmm. so we did we certified it sent it over to the county uh, they reviewed it in depth they looked at the audit they had conversations 
And then I believe last week the county released the remaining funds to, to the airport authority, about $702,000. So that was uh, part of the $3 million in, in COVID funds that uh, the city and the county had allocated for this project. That's exactly right. That's, that was the last of it. Yep. That was the last and of it. And you wanted to do your due diligence to make sure that, you know, before you release those dollars that the that you wanted to see that audit. Indeed, we felt that was our obligation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then once the county released the money to us late last week, so we have it, but at our board meeting in October, we passed a couple resolutions. The first one was to, now with the audit approved, was to forward the invoice to the county, which we did. Uh, the other resolution then was to make sure that we see that these refunds are going to take place before we let go of the money. Because there are still several hundred uh, passengers who have not been refunded from their... That is correct. There's about 600 or so uh, purchases, I guess, which mm -hmm. is probably more more passengers than 600, but 600 okay, sure. events, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So... And so, uh, and, and so, what leverage do or what guarantees or leverage do you have from what Redway that they will use that money for refunds? Exactly right. So we want to maintain control of the seven hundred two thousand until we know from them that the refunds have been paid and they've demonstrated that. Good. At the point in time we see that, we can relinquish control of the of the money and turn begin to turn that over to them. Because Dave Herring, executive director of the airport, um, you don't have that data. That's you're not allowed to have passenger information. No, that's correct. Yeah, that that's all a redway function. That's something that uh, has been very specific throughout this process. That the that the board um, is aware of it. Certainly wants to serve as an advocate uh, for the passengers, but that is not something that is that is a function of an airport. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so that's all coming along as it should and uh, and the county was satisfied with uh, with that information and I believe so yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. now now we we wait to hear what's happening with the refunds they've yeah. not provided any information to either of us so if they to, want those dollars which I assume they do yeah um, interesting yeah so. well it's been such a frustrating process I, I, I know uh, for the passengers who uh, uh, who haven't gotten those refunds and uh, and and as we've talked before a lot of those passengers are new passengers they're new flyers and they're not maybe like a lot of us who use the airport for business reasons and or maybe once a year vacation you know they've saved up that money and mm -hmm. um, anyway that's yeah. uh, uh, hopefully that's all headed in the right direction well it sure feels like it is we're not we're not there yet but we're watching it closely and we're being very mindful of what they're up against because it has been frustrating you're yeah. right yeah well that's very good um, and, and in addition to all of that uh, hopefully that you know one of the things let me back up a minute one of the things that I think was evident from this experiment and it was an experiment I mean just like any business uh, you know you, you got to take risks to get rewards and uh, one of the things I think that we realize that there is a demand for more flights out of this city. We saw that. I mean, throughout the month of June into July, in particular with uh, the four flights that were seeing the most traffic, the numbers continued to creep up with every passing week. So by the end of July, when you looked at the flights to Orlando, Las Vegas, um, Nashville was Nashville, and, and then I think... 
There was one more. But if you looked at the four most popular flights, we were getting close to 100 passengers per flight by the end of July. Yeah. So uh, it was trending in the right direction. Yeah. 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 But we well, had these other flights that weren't so good. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Well, when we come back after the break, gentlemen, I want to talk about what's next. What's the vision? And I know you've been working on a, a master plan and some, and some other plans. And so uh, I want to chat about that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, after we come back from the break. So let's take this little break. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And thanks for sticking around on this Wednesday afternoon. Hump day. I hope you're uh, enjoying the evening. Boy, enjoy this weather. Get out there and walk the doggy or do something. Well, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. It's the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Lincoln Startup Week. Uh, so Jason's bringing along with him a couple special guests. Uh, Heath Stupenholtz and Christy Stupenholtz from Senior Care Finder, a uh, startup business uh, dealing with uh, senior care. And LG Searcy uh, from Union Bank and Trust, the incoming chair of your Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, <laughs> because the current chair, at least for a few more months, is sitting right to my left here, Mr. Uh, John Olson. Uh, he's also John, in addition to his duties as a volunteer chair for the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. He is uh, elected official for the Lincoln Airport Authority, and and he runs a company here in town called Olson. So uh, what a busy young man you are, John. <laughs> <laughs> True statement. True statement. Well, I appreciate your leadership uh, uh, very much. And joining us, uh, Dave Herring, Executive Director of the Lincoln Airport, uh, gentlemen, I just uh, really appreciate you coming in and giving our listeners an update. And so, so despite the hiccup of Redway, uh, we have shown you've shown uh, that there are uh, people in this town and in surrounding areas that that want uh, more uh, airlines, uh, more flights uh, flying in and out of of our city. And you've done some research and you brought some experts in and. So what's what's the uh, what's yeah, the future look like? Yeah, you know, it was great, as John pointed out in that first segment that there was a lot of excitement over the new over the new service and what you know what that brought to the community. And so when the when the failure happened, we wanted to sort of do a reset. You know, where all right, where are we now? Where are we going from here? And so uh, what we did is enroll the help of someone that knows a lot more about air service than we do. We actually worked with CMT uh, to do a study that really told us not only what our market was, but what the market was, was in general. And, and, you know, at the core of that was a SWOT analysis. And we can all guess what the weaknesses and, and threats are to the airport. You know, we're right down the road from an airport that has a lot of service. But we were really focused more on what are our strengths and opportunities? What are, you know, what are the things that we want going forward? And we've got a lot of them. You know, we've got a growing population. You obviously saw the excitement about leisure markets. Um, you've got, uh, you know, one of the things that's, that's ironic because, well, I know passengers don't like it, but we actually have a little bit of a fair premium in this market. That's very attractive for carriers. We don't want it to get too much of a premium. You can see our passengers going away. Um, but being able to show those things, that excitement, uh, really lends itself well to, um, to attracting additional, uh, additional service. And so um, we believe that there are some opportunities out there. And really what we were looking at were where are those opportunities? Yeah. And um, one of the great things that that study showed is, 
is while the Redway effort itself didn't work out, I wouldn't say that we were on the wrong path because the study showed clearly that the market growth for our community is, is really in those leisure markets, you know, markets like Phoenix and Orlando and Vegas and things like that. Um, and so we're, we're, we're optimistic about what the future holds, and we're certainly going to get to work on, on what we can do to bring new service to the community. Well, because some of the statistics that I saw, uh, the research from, from the Redway experiment, we even had people from Omaha coming to Lincoln to fly mm -hmm. out of Lincoln. Uh, and, man, doesn't that make your heart swell with pride that, you know, here we are, uh, you know, just 60 miles away from this, uh, from, from Omaha, and, and, and the challenge always is, is to convince uh, people to fly out of Lincoln and not take the time and the gas and the challenge and the problems of driving to Omaha, and of course, you know, fares is always the, uh, the deciding factor typically for folks, but you've remained very competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we that's something that we track on a monthly basis. And, you know, you always kind of utilize in a market like Lincoln's, you always want to kind of utilize about 100 bucks. Is that, you know, if you're within about 100 bucks of yeah. Omaha, for the most part, that seems to be the swing factor. Some people are a little less, people a little bit more. And we traditionally run about 60 to 75% of our fares to most common markets are within, within 100 bucks of Omaha. And so um, that's great to see. We want to keep that. Certainly, that it helps uh, having a great partnership with United. United's done a, a great job in trying to maintain those. We've worked with them over the years to try to common rate, what's called common rating fares, uh, where you say, hey, we, if you're throwing a sale fare into Omaha, if you could sort of throw some love our way in okay. Lincoln as well, we'd okay. appreciate that. And that's what really helps keep those competitive. Well, and, and, and again, I've talked about this on the air before, and I've talked with, with you before about, you know, I happen to be always fly out of Lincoln, uh, business and pleasure. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm flying out Tuesday to go to, to Austin. See, I'm flying into Austin. No, I'm flying. Yeah, I'm flying into Austin, flying out of San Antonio. But, um, but yeah. But, but by the time you figure, uh, and I'm literally, you know, ten minutes from the airport here. By the time I factor in my time, and <clears throat> and gas, or, or you know, to get to to get to Omaha, and then parking and everything. Anyway, that hundred dollars is, you know, that's easily taken up in 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 time and and gas and. Uh, and everything to go to Omaha. But so in addition to those other opportunities, uh, I think a lot of people forget just how much property you have and the things that are going on at the airport in addition to flying people all, all over the country. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah, there there is. You know, really, uh, realistically, that's one of the things that's incredibly unique about our airport is only about half of our you know operating revenue, if you will, actually comes from the operation of aviation-based entities, if you will. And so, uh, the industrial park has been a huge benefit to the airport uh, over the years. It was actually probably one of the primary reasons that the airport was so s able to successfully navigate COVID is that a lot of our colleague airports don't have that same benefit, um, and we were able to kind of sustain through without significant layoffs in staff um, or or anything like. Like that, and so that that industrial park is, is certainly a significant benefit to us. Any new uh, opportunities there and coming up that you can talk about? <laughs> well, I mean, the, not put you yeah, on the spot. I mean, we have, it's not new, but it's under construction. Will be the Timpty facility. Oh, sure, yeah, right, right, which, right. Uh, I forget how many jobs that was bringing, but it was a it's a significant build. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, gentlemen, I deeply appreciate, I know our listeners do, of, of getting this update. And, um, you know, fly Lincoln. 
That's right. Let's keep flying Lincoln. <laughs> and and I want to mention uh, Rachel Barth and the good work that she does as your communications director and and dr- communications director and director of fun. What is her, her uh, official uh, customer engagement? Customer engagement, <laughs> which I just equate to anybody that knows Rachel is just fun, <laughs> and the activities you have. And uh, so, what am I missing, guys? And we've got a couple minutes here left. Am I missing anything that you really wanted to? Uh, to make sure our listeners knew about. Yeah. One of the things I, I would touch on is, um, is you know, we were talking about the, how we're looking at air service growth. Actually, the fact that we've got the airport right up the way, one of the things we found out was having a dominant carrier in an airport like Omaha is actually a benefit to us because it gives us a great story to tell when we're attracting other carriers. I don't think it's any secret that we went after American, probably going to go after American again. Yeah. American does not have the dominant market share in Omaha, and that's uh, a great story for us to tell okay. is that, hey, why do you want to allow passengers to get to Omaha where they have these choices and they're probably going to hop on southwest when we can keep them in lincoln and have them operate on someone like lincoln or like uh you know like like american so and that was my big takeaway from the study that was done is that we do have opportunities the potential is there but it's going to take hard work this isn't easy okay this doesn't come easy but we're prepared to do the hard work and make this happen because we think lincoln deserves a wonderful airport thank you gentlemen appreciate it very much appreciate your hard work all right uh, folks, that's the show. Come back tomorrow, uh, Lincoln Business Roundtable. Uh, so that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Now go do good things. <laughs>